If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a short one today because I've done three recordings so far this morning, and every single one I felt the need to scrap. Uh, in mo for the most part because I wanted to do this is the penultimate episode for the year I wanted to do a big thank you to everybody who has been helpful in making the Daily Decade possible this year and the problem is, is that I realized as I was doing it the list goes on and on and on and on and on I had 10 minutes of me talking about all the people that have helped and how wonderful they are and I hadn't even finished going down the list yet so it's just there's there's too many people to thank so I'm gonna to have to publish something where I write it all down and put it on the website uh, as a thank you to all of them and everything that they've done to inspire this to keep me of going and to bring the rosary uh, to people so uh, I want to I think all of you know who you are I've mentioned you several times and I want to let you know that if I've ever uh, if you've ever written to me a word of encouragement and I've ever said the words thank you to you that thank you is heartfelt, and from the bottom of my heart, it is, uh, this is not possible uh, with just me. God's played a big role, uh, but this is not possible with just me. There's a lot of people that God has uh, put in my way, as the, as the Muslims say, uh, that have been a, uh, that have been cast in my path, I think is the actual way that it's said. And, uh, and they've been a tremendous help in uh, carrying this forward. So uh, I'll write something out to thank them all. Now today we have a prayer for uh, Gottfried Fader, uh, obviously a, a pseudonym, although a pseudonym uh, of a name that I'm a very great fan of, uh, who is asking for a, a very humble prayer. Uh, and it is uh, to follow God's will placidly and with peace. And what a wonderful prayer to pray on uh, on this day because we remember uh, someone who did exactly that when we pray for the uh, the fifth glorious or we pray the fifth glorious mystery reflecting on the fifth glorious mystery and the crowning of the blessed virgin mary so let's get our rosaries out put our hearts and our minds in the presence of god uh, and pray for gottfried uh, and his strengthening of will and strengthening of faith in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who by the Holy Ghost was conceived, was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in faith, hope, and charity, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The fifth glorious mystery is the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us. And after this, our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, who didst deign to send thine only begotten Son, who by his life, death, and resurrection didst purchase for us the rewards of eternal life, look with favor on us, that meditating on the sacred mysteries of the most holy rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O St. Thomas, Apostle and Martyr, whose feast we are shortly to celebrate. We humbly beg thy intercession on behalf of this servant of God, Gottfried, that he may, without doubt, without hesitation, without any second thought, serve God with joy and with peace in his heart. Ask thy master, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, that this servant of God may be enlightened to see the will of God, to know what he desires, and to conform himself perfectly to it with no resistance, with no skepticism, but with perfect love, as you confirmed in your martyrdom. And we ask this in the name of the same Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth, liveth and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our times of disturbance and lack of peace, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we speak of the Blessed Mother, and hope, hopefully this will be a less rambling than 
uh, it was uh, on Monday. Monday I had to split the thing up because I got everything so wrong. And I do apologize again uh, to, to Alex and to Shirley for getting the names wrong. Uh, I was working off of a sheet that I have. I, I write everything down and I just could not for the life of me read what I had written to myself. I don't know why I had such a hard time, but I, I do apologize. Today, fortunately, I don't seem to have that problem. And we're reflecting on the Blessed Mother. And we're reflecting not just on the Blessed Mother, but we're reflecting on the... Because we're reflecting on her, inevitably we're reflecting on the will of God and the desire that God has for each of us. Now, I did not intend that this would be... I had this talk was not... I had already thought about this before I even knew... Uh, what prayer we were saying today and for whom we were praying and, and all of that. So it really is a happy accident that things seem to have lined up in this way. Hopefully what I have to say will be helpful. We are thinking of what God intends for all of us and what he intended for us from the start when we talk about the coronation of the Blessed Mother. Now it is easy to talk about the coronation of the Blessed Mother merely as a sort of heavenly crown. We imagine heaven to be a place reflective of our own physical location here on earth. We imagine crowns and jewels and if you listen, if you read the book of Daniel, you get a sense of what the throne room of heaven looks like with its ice and fire and crystal floors and uh, the throne made of that shines like emerald. You know, things, of, things of this nature, these are the descriptions that we see um, in, you find them in scripture and in Daniel and in of the apocalypse. You also find them in other books like the book of Enoch. He gives an explain, a description of heaven. Uh, and in all of these cases, it usually is, it has to be related in some way to things that we see here on earth. But there are spiritual realities of heaven that transcend and in many ways uh, are far more important than the, the physical vision that you can have of it. The crowning of the Blessed Virgin Mary could be understood as the crowning of a great diadem on the Dowager Empress, which is usually how she is spoken of uh, if you look at Byzantine writings about the Blessed Virgin Mary. The coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary is something that's believed on both sides of the Bosphorus. Don't let anyone tell you differently. And she is usually referred to in the, in the sense of a Dowager Empress. Now, Dowager Empresses, the Empress of uh, the Roman emperor, Empire usually had some measure of power. She actually shared power with her son in most cases. This was certainly the case with St. Helen. Uh, she was uh, a woman of tremendous power and was given authority by uh, her son, Constantine, uh, to do what she will. And she found the Holy Cross uh, doing that and brought it back, and she exercised a great deal of power. You also have others as well, um, who through the exercise of their power caused a lot of problems. Irene of Athens was one of these. Uh, you, you might be able to actually trace the schism back to uh, Irene of Athens, and uh, the trouble that she caused when Charlemagne received the crown of the empire uh, at the hands of the Pope, uh, because of the questionability of her inheritance. Uh, as as Roman Empire, Emperor. Now, had some kind of peace been made between the two of them, there might not have been a schism. But unfortunately, politics being what they are, and 
Roman Byzantine politics particularly being what they are, there you have it. Uh, and you, then you have others uh, along the line. Um, there's at least one other that I can't, for the life of me, I'm trying to remember her name, and she's a very important saint too. And for the life of me, I, I, I want to say, is it Theodora? And I don't think it is. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, the, you have these empresses that have power. And this was a reference that people could make to the world and look at the Blessed Mother and see that. And it's true. She is given power and authority by her son on account of who she is and what she's done. But there's more than that, too. As the new Eve, just as Christ is the new Adam, they are given by God the Father a unique place because they have achieved and they have striven to what God always intended for Adam and Eve. When we see the woman crowned with the twelve stars and we recognize the Blessed Virgin Mary in that, and we just celebrated Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, not long ago. Um, we just celebrated her, in fact, on uh, Monday it was, we celebrated Our Lady of Guadalupe. And the image that you have of her, just as the image that you have at Lourdes, is a woman with a crown of stars, 12 stars, over her head. Now, first of all, the 12 stars are emblems of authority themselves, because stars, again, we talked about this on Monday, tend to relate back to angels and to, or at least to the governing body uh, or the governing spirit that rules these heavenly bodies and directs them. And so you have these authorities, because remember what St. Paul says, we do not struggle against flesh and blood, bone, but against principalities and dominions, powers and principalities. I think he says powers, principalities and powers. The angels represent these kinds of powers. To be crowned with 12 stars, it's pretty clear that the Blessed Mother is crowned with, it's not a physical crown placed upon her head, but rather she is surrounded by those spirits, those creatures, those heavenly creatures, for whom, to whom it is given to judge the or to watch over and protect the tribes of Israel. Now, the apostles are set up as judges to judge the tribes at the end of the at the end of the world, and we understand that the tribes of Israel are very broad, um, and at least ten of them were dispersed. So we don't know who they are or where they are. And we know at least one, the tribe as as it's as it's called, the tribe of Judah, which has traveled the world and has wandered since the vast majority. Well since a, a decent chunk of them and the vast majority of their leadership and elders rejected Christ. We know of them. We know that the Antichrist will come from the tribe of Dan. We don't know where the tribe of Dan is. And so you have these uh, tribal entities, these bodies, uh, around which the ancient prophecies are built. And you have the thrones and their powers placed around the head of the Virgin because of the authority that's given to her. The angels are given to minister to her as a sort of symbol 
of Israel itself. And this is why the, the woman clothed in the sun with the crown of 12 stars is usually, strictly speaking, interpreted in Revelation as being the church, in part because she travails in childbirth, which the Blessed Mother, which the Blessed Mother did not. But we also know that the Blessed Mother, in her own lifetime, became a sort of living icon of the church. That's why at her death, all the apostles are gathered around her. And at her assumption, I mean, <clears throat> when, she, uh, when she expects to die at the assumption, all, of her, all the apostles are gathered around her bedside. The whole church comes back together there at that place. Uh, not in council, not in consultation, but in mourning, uh, for one, but also in celebration of the inheritance, the coronation that was to take place. And the Blessed Mother being this icon of the church, this emblem, this archetype of Holy Mother Church, her crowning and her place in heaven is meant to encompass all of us who are members of the church militant, striving to become members of the church triumphant. And so we look to her not just as an example and as an object of veneration, which she is. You, you venerate holy people, you admire them, you um, give them due honor. And if you have a, a grandfather who's the patriarch of your family or a grandmother the matriarch of your family, uh, you, you pay them a degree of veneration. They are venerable, after all. So too with the Blessed Mother. But in addition to this, she's also an, an all-encompassing emblem of the unified church, which in its perfection, now the church is not always like this on earth, but it's something for the church to strive for. In its perfection, she, in her perfection, she is humble. She is perfect, virginal, pure, she is the handmaiden of God who is always ready to answer all of his requests, who speaks very little for herself, but holds up all things in her heart. So she said the Blessed Mother held all these things in her heart whenever she hears something like Christ in the temple uh, uh, when he's a child, or the Magi when they come to see her, or the presentation when Simeon says to her, a sword also shall pierce thy soul. She remains silent. And in fact, she is silent throughout all of Scripture, except to say, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, <clears throat> at the Annunciation. And then again, to petition Christ on behalf of what seems a very menial thing, which is that the wedding feast was running out of wine at Cana. She petitions him on behalf of those of the world who are doing something worldly, who are doing something that can only be done in this world, but who are doing something good, which is to be married, and to celebrate the marriage. Now, we have to, un we should understand that the wedding feast of Cana, no one was getting, you know, drunken and carousing and rambunctious. It was a celebration for sure, but it was a celebration in moderation. Otherwise, our blessed Lord would not likely have been there with his mother. Now, we know that our Lord went to visit sinners, but he also tells her very clearly, my time has not yet come. So he's, he's not doing that yet. That's not his ministry. He's still behaving very much as a respectable uh, 
man of his community, uh, which he would have been. Joseph was in good standing. He was a good man. He was well known as a pious man. And so his son, is, by all appearances, Christ was, Jesus was the son of Joseph by all appearances to everybody around. Nobody knew exactly who he was except for Mary and Joseph themselves at that time. And so he behaved in a manner befitting a man of the community who was upstanding and decent. So he would not have engaged in any kind of immorality or surrounded himself with any kind of immorality prior to his ministry. So we know that there wasn't any drunken carousing at the party. So it was a good thing. It was a celebration of something simple and something beautiful and something which God blessed. And the Blessed Mother, but it's also something small. You know, we are not brought into this world for those things. We are brought into this world, those things are there, but we are called to be in the world and not of it. And so when the Blessed Mother comes to Christ, he softly reminds her, what is that to me and thee? You know, we have more important things to concern ourselves with here. And her response, appropriately, was not to argue, was not to make any point, it was not to go away dejected. It was merely she turned to the servants and she said, he has given me an answer. Do whatever he tells you to do. If he tells you to go away, go away. If he tells you to uh, you know, stand on your head, stand on your head. Whatever it is that he tells you to do, do that thing. And she remained confident, placidly confident, you know, there's this tendency among people to portray the Blessed Mother as being uh, snarky or emotional. And it, it really is a tremendous insult to her when you do that. The Blessed Mother is not, she didn't give Christ a look and make him change his mind. She didn't tug at his elbow. He acted out of love for her, in part because she was herself so obedient. And so, at Cana... And at the Annunciation, her humility and obedience are made manifest, perfectly manifest here. And being perfectly manifest, she disappears, at least verbally, from the rest of the, uh, of the scripture accounts. And this silence, this sort of perfect mystical silence that she maintains because she's at prayer when Christ uh, is resurrected. She's silent throughout the crucifixion. She's there. She suffers with him. You know, just as the church suffers. And she gives an example for the church to behave. And that's the church, all of us, as a whole, gives us an example of how to behave, how to follow Christ, how to behave towards him, how to regard him how to know what our place is. And so she earns, as a result of that, this crown that's placed on her head. And it is a crown of authority. Man is the crown of creation. We were placed here in order to have authority because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And God is authority. He's truth. He's perfect. And his authority is perfect. He speaks and it is made. God says, let light be made. And it is made. He speaks and it happens. 
That's authority. God has this because he is perfect, and it is his right to claim it. Christ too, Christ the King. And we are given that share of authority when we have perfectly followed what he, his intention is for us, which is why the Blessed Mary receives this crown of power, these, ange this, uh, these angelic stars upon her head, and in so receiving them, receives the fullness of God's intention for our humanity. And it gives us something to reflect upon, especially when we pray this mystery, but all the time. And it gives us something to aim for when we speak to one another of what the church is and what the church ought to be and what we ought to be as we come to the close of this Advent and the coming of our Savior that makes all of this possible and accessible to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.